If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Our guest today on Horse Chats is Jennifer Cuccillo. Jennifer's going to talk to us about movement and body awareness, and she's a specialist for equestrians. So looking forward to talking to her about that. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that are. Before we do that, I'd just like to remind you about International Horse College and about International Horse College's vision. And if you've got the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at the website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now, today we've got Jennifer. Are you there, Jennifer? How are you? I'm great. Um, it's a beautiful evening here in Chicago, which is rare this time of year. It's usually hot and humid and not particularly horse friendly, but we've had a beautiful summer and uh, things are going along just great. Good, good, really good. Now, Jennifer, I've got something that I'd like to read here, which I think just describes a bit about your background. What you've written here is a lifetime of bad postural habits, sitting behind a desk and ignored injuries that turned my body into a crooked stiff mess and hopefully we're not relating to too many people but if you do have a little bit of a body ache or pain keep listening because I'm sure that um, the information Jennifer's about to give you anyway it was a mess that you couldn't do which you love to do which was to ride and you tried massage acupuncture conventional medicine and while they helped it was Pilates and Balamo work is that correct Jennifer Balamo Balamo yes the work of X Miners, who which we will definitely talk about because he's an amazing, amazing man. I'm certainly yeah looking to that because that's what got your body back and able to ride again, you know. So because it's made such a significant impact on your riding and you've committed yourself then to teaching others how they could keep going with their riding, fulfilling their riding dreams. And, uh, yeah, that whole sitting trot, if you don't have a good back. I actually, I did a, a three-day event once and I can remember I had a bit of a tumble at one of the fences. And by the time I'd walked back to the start where someone had my horse, my whole body was twisted around and it was in, you know, it was an interstate event. So I still had to get, and I got someone to drive me home. I was just in agony, absolute agony. And I can remember, you know, I'm sort of trying to work it out and and the sitting trot the next week was just atrocious. Anyway, it was a little while before I got it worked out, but it was certainly okay. Well, the good news is you got it worked out. <laughs> yes, 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 definitely. It was chiropractic that did that. And, and I probably wasn't, you know, such a strong believer in that beforehand, but I know how much it helped me. So really, really made a big difference. But I think it doesn't help everyone. You know, I think giving the different ideas, having lots of different ways to fix it, because it would depend on the injury, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And it's not, you know, it's not just injury. It's, it's, it's repetitive motions. It's what you do. You know, the majority of us are not professional horseback riders. We are, you know, teachers or desk or whatever we are, we drive a lot. And all of those repetitive motions that we do all the time are reflected in the postures we have once we get on our horse. So to understand what's dry, what the, our muscle memories are, 
Most of us have had injuries of some sort. You know, it may, it may not have been falling off a horse, but it may have been, you know, when you were four years old and you fell off a bicycle and something got a little out of whack. And, you you know, people just, when I was a kid, it was just sucked up and keep on going. Well, sometimes that's okay. And sometimes that's not okay. Um, and sometimes, you know, again, your body's, you know, kids who are, shy or nervous or, you know, people take on a posture and a way of being, um, and then they try to take that to riding. And then I find so many riding instructors, they see this, I'll call it like a cringe posture. Now, you know, some teenager, you know, that's a little shy or whatever, it's kind of crunched over. And what they'll say is, well, bring your shoulders back. Well, then that just creates kind of another stiffness. So what I do is try to sort of peel the onion back. Where Where is your issue coming from? Was it an injury? Did you just fall off your horse? And, you know, essentially you got, it's like a horse getting cast in a stall, except you got cast into the ground. Um, you know, um, again, people now don't do this, but I'm of the age when I used to, when I was working at a desk, I'd hold my phone underneath my ear and I always hold it underneath my left because I'm right-handed and I'd write with my right hand. Well, guess what? I, when I get on my horse, my head would be cocked off to the left. And so, you know, because that's just sort of the what that became normal. And so, you know, good news about bodies is that I don't care how old you are, um, what kind of injuries you've had or whatever you do or don't do. That's the other thing. A lot of people, you know, don't exercise, don't get their core strong. You know, they walk around, if they pay attention to how they walk, they walk with their toes sticking out and they kind of waddle. Well, you're going to take that posture into your horse. How do we fix that? How do we, how do we get you, your body so that it can easily sync up and flow with another body that also will often at times have its own kinks and characteristics and idiosyncrasies. And um, so that's what I really, really look for. And good news is that a lot of the stuff that I do with people not only helps them with their riding, which is for me the goal, but it also just helps with your day-to-day living. Um, I've had people call me and go, oh, you know what? I started doing whatever you were doing, blah, blah, blah. And my mom decided to just, you know, hang out and do it with me. And my mom's not a rider, but oh my gosh, my mom can now bend over and pick up her socks or put a shoe on or which, which is, you know, a really amazing thing. It's what I do again. It started out to help me ride better. Cause I'll tell you, I was not a good rider. I mean, I, things were just messed up. I was that quintessential person in a book where they said, here's a crooked rider with one leg, not on one shoulder high couldn't canter to the left to save my soul. And, you know, I had spent, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, a lot of money, a lot of tears, a lot of time, a lot of effort. And I, I mean, I worked at it, but it wasn't really until I started doing Pilates, which back when I started doing it, which was about 25, almost 30 years ago now, was a little it was more the original Pilates, and Pilates really developed as a body re-education tool. It was originally developed to help injured soldiers 
recover more quickly from their injuries. And then it morphed into what it is, what it does today. So I was very lucky, lucky to find the person that I have to find at the time I found this person. And it did started to unravel all of these things that had accumulated in my body and made it possible for me to ride. What sort of time did you have, you know, from when you contacted that person until you thought, now I'm pain-free? Now I'm pain-free. I'm going to guess, and I will let me back up for a second, because again, not born with the best body. So when I was in high school, my knees hurt all the time. My back hurt all the time. And I used to fidget all the time. And my mom would just say, hey, sit still, quit fidgeting. And it wasn't until much later that I discovered I had a scoliosis. Back in my day, because I am a woman of a certain age, people didn't really pay that much attention to that. Um, So I ached and hurt all of the time. And so I would say it was probably doing Pilates. Now, this was pure Pilates probably twice a week, maybe four, not constantly, continuously, but let's say three out of four weeks, probably nine months. And I woke up one day and I went, oh my God, my back doesn't hurt. That's pretty good for someone with scoliosis to um, to have that. And so it was more than just that little bit. It was like a big deal. There was a lot more in it than just a couple of injuries if you had scoliosis in and you're able to fix that. Oh, there was absolutely, absolutely. There was, there was a lot, a lot, a lot in that. I mean, I was such a poor athlete as a kid. Um, you know, I, my mom sent me to ballet classes and the ballet teacher basically said, you know, there's a lot you really shouldn't bother bother with this. She's just completely and utterly uncoordinated. I was the kid who was always chosen last on the team because I literally could not throw, hit, catch, run. I mean, completely and utterly unathletic. I'm more athletic now than I ever was as a child or in my 20s because I didn't really start discovering all of this until I was in my early 30s. So I always tell people, people look at me now and go, oh my gosh, you're so athletic, you're so straight, you're so flexible, you can ride well, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, look, I'm the poster child. <laughs> if I can do this, I know you can do this. Um, and yeah, there are certain people who, you know, have had injuries, they have screws or rods or whatever. Obviously, we can't fix that. But I truly believe that in everybody's body, there is still this innate sense, this innate ability to heal and find what we were all intrinsically born with. Um, You know, the flexibility, balance. I mean, obviously, babies don't have balance at the very beginning, but they, they find balance. They find truth. They find center. And um, I think we can all do that. We can all feel better in our own bodies. And if we feel better in our own bodies, then our horses' bodies are going to feel better as well. Um, So I am a believer. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer, there was something you were going to tell me, a quote that you were going to tell me. Uh, Do you want to to have a quick chat about that? And why, not just the quote, but why that quote? You know, how does it affect you? Okay. It's it's a it's a really interesting quote, and I actually um, heard this the first time well before I got into all of this. Um, it was I was into horses, but I, this was a quote by Stefan Peters, one of the U.S. Olympic dressage riders, and he was talking about his first Olympic horse, Udan, who 
who we rode in the Atlanta Olympics back in 96. That horse was 18 years old and an Olympic horse. And his quote was, because somebody asked him, well, how do you, how do you keep your horse, you know, at this level? And he said, motion is lotion. And I think about that quote now, not only for horses, but also for humans as they age. The more that the horses are sedentary, the more that the humans are sedentary, the stiffer they get, the more prone to injury they get. And so to me, it's a lifeline for anybody I'm I'm teaching or helping or um, and it's not necessarily exercise. For me, I like to, to differentiate those things. Until your motion is right, in my view, Jen's world, um, until your motion is right, exercising is just reinforcing bad motion. So I want to try to get people, it can be very micro movements, very small things, but that they're, they're correct and slowly build up around those. Now, most people don't have really, you know, catastrophic motion issues, but there are some that do, but they can work their way back. Um, again, I'll take the person who, for whatever reason, started to walk with their feet turned out, and I'll get them, you know, straight, for those of you sitting out there and want to try this, a straight leg, a person's straight leg should be when your first toe, not your big toe, but the next one in, faces straight forward. If you know, that toe is facing straight forward, then your hip joint is lined up correctly. Well, most people can't find that. Or I'll get them to that point and they're going, oh my gosh, I, I feel so turned in. I feel pigeon-toed. I'm like, no, that's straight. <laughs> that That's straight. You have to find straight. You know, and again, it's like, you know, it's like riding a horse that's crooked. One day you get on and you go, oh, you know, my horse is a banana to the left. Well, you're not going to fix that in a day. It's that little chipping away day after day after day after day. Come you can be straighter. You can be straighter. You can step into that left rein. You can get longer on that left side. And it's the same for people. Um, that over time, if you're conscious of it, you know, if you're standing in the grocery store line and you realize you're slumped over and your guts are hanging out and your back is swayed and you, you're just not kind of holding yourself up in some sort of tone, it's all those other little times when we're off the horse that check it, just check in here and there. Um, that is so important to me so that it becomes a lifestyle. Uh, but yet I'm not the kind of person that's a fanatic because I think usually people get really turned off with fanaticism. So, I, you know, I'm like, you know, Work on it, and then don't work on it. Work on it a little, don't work on it a little. Don't work so hard that you get yourself so sore that it turns you off and you don't come back to it. The same thing, you know, again, go back to our riding. If you work on something with a horse so militantly that the horse gets sore, then riding for the horse becomes not fun. I want this to be fun. I want this to be a journey for the people and then the people and their horses. And in a lot of the clinics I do, I love it um, to watch horses react to the work we do on people's bodies and watch the horses blossom. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, 
is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. What about the people who are, you know, people who do ride? Do you find that, and I do, but, but I, you know, I want to ask you, first of all, what's the best thing about working with people who ride? And also then, do you find them different to working, you know, if you, if you work with other people? Do you find people that, that already are working with horses have already got the passion for the horses and the connection with horses? Do you find them a different type of person within this or, or how do you find that? Well, what I find is that usually people will seek me out because they have something they've been working on that they can't, they can't seem to grasp. They can't fix. They don't know how to fix it. And unfortunately, I think um, many riding instructors, if, if their student has a specific body issue, they don't necessarily know how to fix that. And I'll say the, the biggest thing I get asked about are, is sitting trot. And um, so I usually find that the riders are very goal-oriented. Um, you know, so they'll go, I, you know, I can do a fine change to the right and I can't do one to the left and I know it's me, but I don't know what's wrong. Okay. Well, let's look at what's wrong. And more than likely it's a pelvis issue. I find almost everything is a pelvis issue. Uh, not everything, but a lot of things that are, it stems from there. So I find them very determined. And if I go back and I give them homework, if I'm, you know, if I'm going to do a zoom thing or if I'm going to go out there and they have a real issue um, that they really work on. And the other thing is, and I, I wish I would have had photographs of people's faces when they get this aha feeling of whatever it is that, you know, I can remember one lady, I don't know how old she was, you know, she was just, not just, but an amateur rider, you know, just walked out Tanner. And she could not turn to the right. She just, I mean, she could pull, do everything wrong to turn to the right. Horse wouldn't turn to the right because she was so twisted to the left. So no matter what she did with her extremities, the horse was feeling her body and would really only want to go to the left. So we, during that lesson, we worked on helping her understand how to rotate to the right. And all of a sudden the horse just turned right. And she just stopped dead and her mouth fell, <laughs> fell open like, Oh my, oh my goodness. Oh, what just happened. I use my hands, and my legs. I'm like, yeah, but that's because you use the main part. And so for me, those aha moments, those, I mean, literally tears of joy. I've seen people, oh my gosh, I've been trying to sit the trot for 10 years. You know, a lot of people who start riding, especially as adults, have again, a, a body I'll call it a body posture that is not necessarily um, conducive to following the motion of the horse. There took a 
stick out the back end, especially if they're doing something that's sitting. So I'm talking mostly about dressage for this particular thing. Is that the biggest problem, sitting trot, or, or is there another one that you find common across riders? Is it sitting trot is the main one, or is there another one that you find fairly common? I, what I would say the main culprit, is, and it, this leads to all of it, is what I would call an incorrect pelvic position. So if, if you could erase all the muscles, just had a, had a spine sitting on a horse, so your pelvis should be quite upright. It's pretty much perpendicular to the ground. And if you imagine that, that your pelvis and your spine, and that's it, it's a strand of pearls, and then the, uh, um, the very bottom, the pelvis is the clasp of the pearls. So if it's hanging straight down and something pushes on the clasp, or, i.e., you get energy from the horse's legs that pushes your pelvis. If it's hanging straight down, it has the ability to swing completely. So you're going to get the most following in that position. If for some reason you have a pelvic position where, let's say, you're in a chair seat, so um, the, you're down near your pubic bone is ahead of the top of your pelvis, that position if I could swing, try to get my class to swing, it'll still swing a little forward towards the horse's ears, but it doesn't go all the way down or back. So you only get a little bit limited amount of swing. Here's the biggest problem. People with super tight lower backs. If you have a super tight lower back, it pulls your pelvis to the back. So now the, your tail is to the back and the front top of your pelvis is leaning to the front. So you're sitting more on your pubic bone. Now you have this thing where if I try to, if I, if energy of the horse comes through and hits that, instead of swinging, energy goes straight up through the pelvis and you bounce. So you don't have much of an ability, you have almost no ability to swing. So if you go along that line, if you can't swing, you can't follow really, really follow the motion of any gait. But you'd see it especially in the trot just because that's a much more difficult gait to follow. But also any kind of turning motion, any kind of lateral motion, it is all predicated on how you can allow the swing of your horse. So let's say you're still in that, you have a good, you have a good um, pelvic placement. It's straight up and down. But now let's just say that your back's super tight. So you still can't swing as far as your pelvis can open and let, go, let every, all the energy go forward. Well, you're not going to be able to get um, a great extended trot. You may have one side of your pelvis that can swing more than the other. So you'll see people who do a line of flying changes where their left to right changes are nice and big and free and the right to left are small and they go, the horse, the horse, the horse. And I'm like, eh, maybe it's your pelvis. Maybe you can swing more in one direction and not the other. So it, it very often I find everything kind of happening down in that region, the base. And then we go from there. 
Okay. I'm just looking because you've also produced a DVD, Improving Your Riding Through Movement, and you talk about the pelvis and the upper body. Is there anything extra that we need to add to talk about the upper body as well? Well, the upper body, the reason I call it the upper body is, you know, and I think a big problem, and I think everyone can relate to this, especially when they were younger riders, your instructor would say, oh, put your left leg on and your right hand would fly up in the air. You know, you're like a Gumby, do this, something else flies, and you can't, it's very difficult to have very independent aids. And the way you're going to find an independent aid is to be, um, have stability in your core. If you have stability, stability, not stiffness. So this is another big idea of mine. People confuse those two things. Stable is still supple. Stiff is just stiff. Stiff is stiff. Um, and as soon as you don't have that those that stability, you tend to grip on with your legs, hang on with your arms, and all those kind of things we try to eventually get out of. And Unfortunately for most people, not all of them, but most people, the way to get a more stable core is to, oh, do the dreaded core work. Um, again, not to go crazy with it, but I want, again, I always go back to the horses. I want my top line, i.e. my back, and my underline, my belly, equally strong and equally supple. So... So many 20th century humans kind of have the the posture of the out-of-work older horse with a saggy back and a saggy belly. In order for the horse to carry us, we need to help him get more abdominal strength. He can lift his back up and give us a place to sit. In order for them to do that, we need to do the same thing. So most people, it's not 100% of the time, but most people need to strengthen the front of their core and strengthen and lengthen and stretch and supple their back. What about, you know, just being a professional in this industry? Because it is a little different. You know, you said yourself that when you were young, people just told you to suck it up. And now it's a specialized niche within the horse industry. And this is, and I always say money aside, because that's always a problem, but what challenges have you had when you've told people what you do and you can help them? Have you had challenges? You know, because I remember myself, I was a little bit dubious about chiropractic until I needed one myself. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. You've obviously got some stories. Oh, I have some stories. It's really kind of um, run into a variety of people. Um, and I'll, I'll call them mostly the trainers of the world who have, you know, riding students and horses and training. And, you know, again, if it's been better now compared to years and years and years ago. There really wasn't a lot of talk about, you know, there was rider position, but not how to get there, really. Just heads up, heels down, elbows, and blah, blah, blah. But not how, how do I get there if I don't just sort of magically appear that way? And unfortunately, that's still pretty prevalent. So I find a couple of things... Some people, I think, how do I want to say this, get intimidated by what I do, not the, the students, but the other in, trainers, because I'll come and say, you know, they've been working with this person for who knows how long. And I come in and say, oh, no, you need to do bop, 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 
to change the rider's body, and then this will ha- happen. And so I oftentimes see the world in a little bit different way. Um, so sometimes that's, um, you know, it's a little off-putting for some people. Other people, on the other hand, welcome me with open arms and are like, oh my gosh, I've been trying to help Susie for 10 months, try to work on this left leg. I can't fix it. Can, can you help? And oftentimes it's not the left leg. It could be their lower back somewhere. It could be in their shoulder. And again, to me, it's kind of fun because it's a, it's a puzzle to unravel, solve, um, to find out what, um, you know, what, where is the root of the problem? Because until you get to the root of the problem, you know, someone's heel may not ever go down, but you can probably tell that person from here until doomsday, put your heel down, put your heel down, put your heel down, put your heel down. But when the real problem is being caused, maybe on the other side in the upper part of the back, but, you know, everything's connected until you find that, that heel's not going to go down. So I have that problem, but it's interesting. I will have students who will come to me and look to me and go, I really love my trainer. I really, can I come to you on the side? Can I come to your studio? A lot of times I don't even go out and help people necessarily on their horse. It's really been really this COVID thing. has been really kind of interesting how many people I've helped via Zoom off the horse, they'll say, okay, I am having this problem and we can just work completely off the horse. And then they'll go back and ride and their instructor will go, what did you do? Something's different. Wow, this is great. Keep doing what you're doing, whatever that is. So that can be a little tricky, but it's interesting. There are plenty of people that are becoming more and more and more open to all of this. And I, I actually sometimes, like you made a good point. You didn't believe in chiropractors until one helped you. And frankly, that is another way I kind of got into all of this. Even pre-Pilates, I had a horse and I was riding really poorly, but he was really over at the knee. For people who don't know what that is, when he stood up in his front legs, his knees kind of buckled. They didn't straighten out. And as he got older, that got worse and worse and worse to the point where if I could pick up a foot, he may almost buckle and fall over. And he started to do that when I was riding and it was starting to get dangerous. And I took him to, I don't know, three or diff- three or four different university clinics here in the Midwest. And all of them said, you know, that's just this confirmation. There's nothing you do. There's just nothing you can do. And I was, I mean, beside myself, and there was a young vet that happened to be in our barn. And I thought she was absolutely nuts because she was a veterinarian, but she had gone and taken acupuncture classes. And I thought, oh, what woo-woo. I mean, this is nuts. Again, this was 30 years ago. This is nuts. But, you know, desperate people do desperate things. (laughs) And I came up to her one day and I said, hi, you know, I'm Jennifer. You do, do you think maybe this could help? And she said, you know, I don't, I don't know. She was real honest. I don't know. And I will tell you, if we start working on him with the acupuncture, it's going to be four or five treatments 
before we see anything. And it was, for me at the time, it was really expensive. But I thought, well, people are telling me I either have to just retire this horse or put him down. So I said, what the heck, I'll do it. Well, you know what? About two months into this treatment, I came out to the barn one day and I'm like, oh my God, am I seeing things? Do I want to see this so badly that I think his legs are straighter? Well, it did straighten his legs out. And it, it, she actually, even before the Pilates, was kind of the person that I went, whoa, I can see the world in a different way. It's not just what I've always learned. There are different, there are many, many different roads that lead to Rome. I'd like to talk about uh, just something that Meta Rosencrantz said to you. Do you remember that? Oh, Meta Rosencrantz. Oh, yes. What, what did she say? And tell me if that relates to what we're talking about now. It, it absolutely relates because, again, I just, she, when I first met Meta, um, I had this horse I was talking about. He was now a pre-St. George horse. And, you know, I say I wasn't riding well. I didn't ride well, but I was still, you know, trying to do the FBI not well. But um, I went, she started coming to clinics here. And I had ridden all my life. I am you know, really all my life. And But she knew I really wanted it. And she came to me one day and she said, you know, you want this really badly. And you can do this, but if you want to really learn to ride really well, you have to unlearn everything you've ever learned and start from the bottom back up again. Let me tell you, that was a really hard thing to hear, but she also said it will help you. Again, sometimes I just think life is serendipity. It was at about the same time that I found this Pilates person. And Everything just started to click. I started to peel everything, uh, my whole body back and rebuild it up. She helped me. And she was coming out about every three months from California. And every three months she'd go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe the difference in your writing. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe the difference in your writing. And I wasn't, I had the same trainer. I had the same horse. All of that was the same. The only thing that had changed was Wow, that's good, isn't it? It's really good. And you know what? To have someone to have, you know, I I tell a lot of people this, you know, don't be afraid of someone who will tell you the truth. Meta told me the truth. You could be a good writer, but you've got to unlearn a lot of stuff and redo it. Annie Logan told me the truth. I don't know if this is going to work. And if it does, it's going to take a long time. Sometimes people have a really hard time hearing that. But I think it's a worthwhile thing to think about. Jennifer, before we go, just tell us a little bit about your book. You've got a book, My Best Friend Betsy. Tell us about how that came about, why you decided to write the book, and um, what the message is in it. Well, that book was kind of funny. I, my, the horse that I was telling you about, acupuncture, um, I've only had two horses since I've been an older adult, let's put it that way. Rafferty, who the book is about, my best friend, Betsy. Um, I call him my Buddha horse. He had the soul of an old, gentle, wise horse. And um, while I was still in training, we had, I had a friend of mine, and her name actually was Betsy. 
And she'd come into the barn and she'd say, oh, Rafferty, here's your best friend, Betsy. And I just, I liked the way that sounded. But I wanted to write a book about a wise old massage horse and all the things he had taught his his human, which was really me, but my best friend Jennifer just does not have the same ring as my best friend Betsy. So it became Betsy. Just about all of the things he taught me and all of the things, I mean, it's for little kids, but all the things that it takes to think about, about being that little girl and wanting to have a horse. You know, what his day was like what he had to have done, what we went out and did. And there are a few more, there are a few more in the pike coming down the pike. So there's going to be my best friend, Betsy takes me to a horse show. My best friend, Betsy takes me on a trail ride. Um, And here's the next, the last one is going to be my best friend, Betsy gets me a brother, which is about the horse I have now. um, Who's I call him my little red devil. Um, So to me, it was, um, it's an homage to a horse that changed my life really is what it was. And, um, the message is make sure you have a best friend in your life. And it doesn't matter if it's a human or if it's a dog or if it's your horse, but find a best friend and be a best friend. Yeah. So Jennifer, just looking forward, you know, thinking about your future and you've got these books to write, is there anything else that you're going to do? And certainly come back and tell us when these books are available. But um, yeah, yeah, we'd, we'd love to, to see them. But also too, you know, anything else you've got in your future that you're um, about to do? Not that writing two books isn't enough to have in your future, but you know. Well, well, I do, but I've got another one that I'm working on. I, one of the, the other things that the, all the COVID has done for me is it's given me a lot of time to kind of go back over the years and sort of synthesize and pull together um, all of the writings of all of the stuff and the articles and this and really put it more into um, a tome. I, I'm not even close to getting that point of publishing it, but I've been working, really working on that. And then the other thing that I've been doing it, which I hadn't been doing before, are a lot of Zoom classes. So I actually have started some um, for writers. I have started hooking up with a group that does um, writing for um, veterans. And many of these people, um, they're using the horses for psychological and confidence building, but they also ride. And I find that, I mean, in terms of being able to, you know, some of them literally are so crippled up from some of the things that they've gone through, you know, they can, they can hardly bend over and, and issue. So I'm putting together a whole Zoom program and I'm hopeful that I can um, work not just with this one particular veterans group, but really try to get that going all around the world. Because, I mean, as you know, horses... I love them for sport, but I also love them for their ability to tap into the human spirit and unlock and heal pain. Um, so I'd really like to be able to use my work kind of in that avenue as well. And then as I age and get older, I tend to want to keep focusing on, you know, older riders. And so, again, I, I'm really kind of excited about the Zoom thing because in the past, 
most of my teaching had been via, you know, clinics. Um, and who knows when we're really going to be able to start to travel again. And I just feel like I, I might be able to reach an audience um, and help them with their own bodies and, you know, by extrapolation, help their horses. Yep. Look, I'm looking forward to um, just all your work, you know, what you're doing and, and what you're doing. And again, it's it's a complimentary, it's still a career within the horse industry. And that's, you know, at International Horse College, that's what we promote is is those careers and the variety of careers within the horse industry. Um, but Jennifer, we'd love to have you back again. We'd love to have you back, you know, talking to us about your other books. You've got so much, so many different areas you can talk about. And um, we'd certainly love to have you back again. So Absolutely. I'm happy to do it. That would be brilliant. Okay. Well, look, we look forward to catching up with you again soon. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jonathan. All my best. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below. 